please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody, and you're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. This week, we have a variety of topics to discuss, uh, a couple of bills that are coming up for votes in the legislature that are, are interesting. We are about to hit sign die, and, and hopefully this legislative session will die in peace. But um, it, it, there are a lot of different issues. And, you know, I, I bring a certain... Um, perspective to the topics we discuss, largely because I am an attorney. I also, you know, am, am running for election this year, so I'm seeing a lot of different political aspects come to bear. But a lot of my viewpoints are, are shaded by the fact that I went to such a, a fantastic school. You know, Emory was Emory Law School really gave me the background and, and $150,000 diploma. You're talking about to, the same Emory that is in the news right now for the students having a fit because somebody wrote t- Trump 2016 a couple places in chalk. I'm, I'm telling you that Snopes says that that's mostly false. Uh, well, our, the, the true part would be that someone wrote Trump on it. The false part would be that the the students there, the fine students there, are, are acting like like I don't know UGA no. grads. The truth was, according to Snopes, that they did not offer them like trauma counseling because of it but the students were rioting over it the a riot at emory is when people don't go and and, and they boycott starbucks it's when for they forget days. to wash their hands in the bathroom i'm telling you the the you want to see rioting go to a uga football game when they're losing like they normally do have you noticed the presidential candidates acting like babies not a bit no no so the my, my wife's hotter than your wife argument is my dad will beat up your dad. <laughs> my governor would beat up your governor was the bumper stickers after Ventura won. Oh, my gosh. They were all over the state. Had a picture of Ventura on them. They were green with black writing. and said, my governor can beat up your governor. I just keep waiting for the debate where Trump and Cruz have the mo- world's most televised game of I'm not touching you. Yeah. I'm not touching you. You know how kids do? No, my kids don't do that. No, they don't. They do other things. Because kids will be kids. Your mm-hmm. kids have just found more creative ways to get on each other's nerves. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so well, have you seen the um, new legislation that's just popped up? There is no new legislation. It's all from last year or no, at the very beginning of this year. This one year. is H.R. 1864. House resolution. So we're talking in the, the Congress, not here. Yeah, um, it is a resolution to honor Jerry Henry and his contributions to the preservation of the Second Amendment. Well, congratulations to Jerry Henry. That's a big honor. That is a big honor. I mean, you you think about where people, you know, came from and, and the work that they've done to help, you know, advance a cause that they believe in. I mean, this isn't just... You know, so our what, very own Jerry Henry is going to go down in Georgia history. Yep, yep, yep. That's pretty neat. So, it, congrats, it Jerry. We're proud of you. It's a big deal. I mean, it is. It is a huge deal, and it shows just where Georgia Carry is. That it has the respect of the legislature. Um, that the legislature wants us to be happy with everything that they're doing in this election year, 
and that they want all of our support as they go out there and start to run their own campaign races over the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah. If you read this this resolution, please they, do. They know a lot more about Jerry than I ever knew. So we're going to get to know Jerry Henry for a minute. We're going to read this resolution. It says, honoring Mr. Jerry Henry for his contributions to the preservation of the Second Amendment of the Constitution and for other purposes. Whereas Mr. Jerry Henry was born on November 14th, 1944 in Leonard, Texas. And whereas he was raised in the small gun-friendly town of Bells, Texas, where he was introduced to firearms at an early age. And whereas he was taught the value of firearm safety at an early age and enjoyed hunting and shooting sports, and whereas Mr. Henry was taught the purpose of the Second Amendment and the historical value to the American way of life from early childhood, and whereas he served in the United States Navy from 1967 to 1971, receiving an, honor an honorable discharge, and whereas Mr. Henry moved his family to Peachtree City, Georgia in September of 1978, and they now reside in Fairborn Fairburn, Georgia. And whereas he and his wife Donna have been married for 44 years and are blessed with two remarkable daughters, Jennifer and Sarah, and two amazing grandchildren, Taylor and Nathan Dillard. And whereas Mr. Henry has held numerous management positions in both large and small companies over the last 45 years. I think that, that it's a one-page resolution because that's all I'm getting. I think there's more because you got to get past the whereas and get well, to it's not what, giving me anything else. What's what they're whereas for? And he's Here done he's done a lot. He's done a lot for this state. He's done a lot for the people of the state. He is a very hardworking man and a straight shooter. He is a practicing American Farrier Association certified farrier. Yes. So Jerry Henry can like shoe your horse. Oh, okay. Farrier, not ferry boat farrier. I was going to say he can drive a ferry boat. No, he can shoe your horse. <laughs> shoe my horse. Okay. And um, he it mentions that he's on the Georgia Carey Board of Directors and that he's managed the growth and direction of GeorgiaCarry.org and that he has cemented relationships between GCO and the Georgia General Assembly and that... Under his direction, GeorgiaCarry.org has become the eminent Second Amendment grassroots organization in Georgia. So I say, in your face, Georgia gun owners. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you know, Jerry and I um, go back a long way, and I really appreciate the leadership role he's taken and all of the hard work he's done. I also appreciate how humble he is, and and I have great respect for him. You know, we've had him on the show several times. and, and We've had him on several shows several times. Yes, we have, as a matter of fact. But um, usually afterwards we would go out and grab something to eat, and he's always fun to hang around. You see him at the local chapter meetings, and he, he just goofs off and laughs with everybody. He's good-natured. He, he's not your typical executive director. He, he, he likes to mingle. <laughs> yeah, he, he's very personable, and it's something that Georgia Carey needed desperately was to get – kind of that a good interaction between the membership and and the board and what's going on and i think that for a long time we had suffered because we there was a huge disconnect between the membership and what was happening if you were an attorney then you understood what was going on and you didn't need to explain to you if you weren't an attorney then no one wanted to explain it to you and so there was just this this gap 
a gulf between them betwixt no man could cross. Well, there was for a long time when Georgia Carey was first beginning, it had a president and a board, but it did not have an executive director. Well, it didn't even really have a board. It had a president and then had the founders. You know, there's there's James Camp running around talking about libertarians, and then you've got Mike Menkes running around talking about finances. And other than that, there was a couple of attorneys who were like driving forward an agenda, and there wasn't a lot of communication. This thing was started in a Shoney's. Oh, Lord. Let's not talk about what starts in Shoney's. Oh, no. What else starts in Shoney's? I'm not saying. My husband's political career. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we can blame James Camp for that, too. And and thank our county commissioner. Yes, (laughs) yes. God bless the incumbent. Without him, none of this would be possible. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to When you get elected, you can put that in your thank you speech. I I was talking to my campaign manager last night, Mm -hmm. and he was railing about the horrible job the RNC is doing about the way the candidates are behaving. And he's like, you can't possibly be happy with what they're doing. And I said, eh, works for me. He's like... I don't believe that for a second. You're not happy with them. I was like, no, I'm pretty happy because this is opening doors. <laughs> if the Republicans were doing what they were supposed to be doing, then I wouldn't have a shot. But the truth is, is that if they're going to be acting the way they're acting and if they're going to be for big government and for themselves, then suddenly people want a choice. Well, part of the what led up to that discussion is the fact that one of the pre- presidential candidates for Libertarians, what is his name? Uh, Gary Paul Johnson. Gary Paul, Paul Johnson. Um, reached a level of supporters where he was supposed to be allowed into the debates. Yay! And instead of allowing him into the debates, the Republican National Committee raised the number threshold where he would be allowed into the debates from 5 to 20%. Yeah. Uh, well, it was five times the original number. And he had he had beaten the original number in spades. And then they take, took it, as one of my friends is saying, 500% increase in the number um, of poll results in order to get on the stage. And I, I'm like, you know, seriously? So this thing is kind of rigged where ballot access is, is rough. No, no, no. The election is not rigged, Jesse. The rigging of the election is rigged. You have to go like two steps back to get behind the rigging of the rigging of the election. There was rigging of rigging of rigging. Yeah. And none of it makes any sense. And and when you finally meet their demands, the rules change. And it's like building a gymnasium in, in Cherokee, Cherokee County. County. Yeah. Well, try this. Wait till you get to the convention and they change the rules of the convention in the middle of the convention. Because there are rules with the Republican convention that allows the RNC to change the rules of the convention during the convention. You know, it's like playing Monopoly with a couple Bernie of kids Sanders. that don't really understand how to play. Bernie Sanders? And want to play it by their own rules. Bernie well, Sanders. Well, I would not want to play Monopoly with Bernie Sanders. You have more than I do, so I'm going to take half of what you've got, and you're going to be okay with that. And it's going to be huge. <laughs> huge. Huge. Oh, my. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes after the words from our sponsor. It's huge. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, folks. You're up for a huge show today. We're we're talking about House Bill 1060 and Senate Bill 170 or something like that in just a second. Um, this bill does an awful lot of strange things. It does some gun things, including um, there is a provision in there about the disposition of seized property, so that if the county seizes firearms, that they must sell those firearms at public auction, which uh, I think is a great thing. Because Isn't there a county here in Georgia where the... The um, sheriff has been holding on to firearms for like 10 years. A county? Oh, are they all like that? They're not all like that, but there are a lot of them. I think Fulton County, we, we did a, there was a number of guns that Fulton County has seized, and we did a rough estimate. Let's say we, I think we calculated it being, uh, the average gun being worth $200, right? I mean, even, you know, your, your Ravens and Losrins are going to pitch a $100 a pop. So, and then you're going to have some things that bring up the average. So, so let's say that most of the seized guns, are utter garbage, right? Okay, like Tauruses. Oh, <laughs> oh, come on now. Taurus is a great manufacturer. There's a whole bunch of bull behind those guns. Yeah, bull, yeah. bullish. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> let's say that the the average gun is worth about two hundred bucks in in the holding cell, and we figured out based on the number that they had that they had enough money to sitting there if they sold them for two hundred dollars a pop to be able to completely revamp the entire water system for the city of Atlanta, which is getting federal scrutiny for being um, unsanitary, unsafe? Well, it's getting federal scrutiny because of what's happened in Flint, Michigan. This, this was three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I had no idea. There's open sewage flowing into the Chattahoochee. Is that still happening? Yeah. Okay. That makes us want to go and see the Chattahoochee Gator. Way down south on the Chattahoochee. I'm wondering if that's really a gator or if there's something floating. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> learn, learn how to live, learn how to love. Well, we, you know, this country has a pretty bad water crisis, and it's happening not only in Flint, Michigan, but it's happening in other cities as well. It's all a conspiracy from Coke and Pepsi to get you to buy bottled water. I don't think so. I think it's more of a fact that these systems were put in in, like, the 30s in some of these cities. And the lead pipes that were put in were, A, not deemed bad for your health, and B, in good shape then, and now they're not. Well, if they had used copper, then someone would have stolen them all out of Flint by now. No kidding. But, you know, there there has to be a, another option. They could use plastic ones. I mean. None of the 30s. They, they can they had, now. Back then, all they had was cellulose, and it would have held up for more than a week with water pressure. Well, the the water out of the Flint River is like corrosive. 30 times more corrosive than that out of the Great Lake, at which Detroit gets their water out of the mm-hmm. Great Lakes. So that corrosive water running through those pipes has made Leached the lead, lead break down. And when you pour a glass of water in Flint, it comes out kind of looking like dirty Gatorade. <laughs> well... <laughs> like, Mix the orange and red Gatorade together and throw in a handful of clay, and you've almost got the color. You could boil it down and make bullets? Uh, possibly. <laughs> you could probably refine it. It's it's pretty gross, and I wouldn't want to drink it. Okay, so we got here by saying that Atlanta has enough... They're sitting on enough guns to completely fix their water system. This they're was, sitting on enough guns for us to fend ourselves from ISIS. Yeah, and they refuse to sell them, even though there is like a this... It's not a law, but it's like a state recommendation that all guns be sold. So they're just sitting on them because they don't want to sell them to the general public because Atlanta, you know, hates you and hopes you go die or something like that. So what is their reasoning for not wanting to sell them to the general public? 
I think I just said it. They hate you and yeah, you- uh, for real. I mean, is it like is somebody in the police decision making there police afraid chief and of mayor. guns? Police chief and mayor make those decisions. Kasim Reed. Um, I think he's just getting back from his bunk bed sleepover with Michael Bloomberg, and for some reason he's he's just against guns. Oh well, you know when you go to Bloomberg's house, the brainwashing you receive is not the only washing you get. I'm sure. Well, the Bloomberg's uh, is another part of the bill we're talking about because uh, he uh, obviously is an international banking magnet, as top of being a mayor and all the other titles he's accumulated or bought over the years um and his banks don't like to lend money to gun stores so georgia is going to step in and do the the freedom loving thing right and order people to lend money that's a different bill but there it is um firearms protection act or something saying that they're going to protect the firearms industry from discrimination in lending. Okay. Now, the last time we had protection against discrimination in lending, it led to what we called subprime loans, which was just wonderful for everybody, right? Oh, you're talking about right before the housing collapse of like about 2008. The, the eight years before the housing collapse when the House Democrats pushed through uh, a bill that required lenders to make loans to people who could had absolutely no prospect okay. of being able to pay those loans. This is not worded that way. This is worded in, you cannot discriminate against a firearms company company solely on the fact that they're a firearms company. So this is just like George's employment law where we say you can't fire someone for uh, a bad reason, but you can fire them for no reason at all. Right. Which happens. You know, you get fired over being disabled, but they call it not performing blah, blah, blah. And hey, boss, I, I, just, I hate to tell you this, but I, I have a new disease I was diagnosed with that falls under the American with Disabilities Act. You're fired. You can't fire me for that. I didn't fire you for that. I fired you for no reason at all. Get out. And First, it works. Yeah, and that's kind of sad. I, I think Georgia actually needs some help in a lot of ways revamping some of that stuff. Well, I think I think we need to start to look at things in a liberty perspective rather than a let's force you to do what we think is right perspective and let the market economy work out some of these issues. You know, you, you want to know what's going to keep a company from firing a disabled person? Getting found for finding a di- firing a disabled person? No. Or that's that, not going to do anything. All that's going to do is get them to try to, to cozy up to the regulators who are imposing the fines. You, the entity that's going to keep a company from firing a disabled person is called Facebook. Oh, yeah. If you take to Facebook and say, don't buy from ANG Manufacturing Incorporated. They fired this, this person who has Down syndrome. They fired somebody who just was diagnosed with cancer. They're a horrible company. Don't deal with them. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to stop acting that way because they don't want that kind of publicity. There you go. And did that require any government re- governmental regulation? No. Nope. Is there any possibility for corruption with the company buying it off? No, nope, it's just a use of your free speech. Oh, there we go. And that's how you solve these problems. 
Well, you would think. <laughs> and with if there are enough gun owners in Georgia, when the the gun store says, "Hey, we tried to get a loan from Wells Fargo, and Wells Fargo denied the loan," and the only re- we've got great financials, the only reason they denied the loan is because they don't want to do business with a gun dealer, then pressure can be brought to bear. If yeah. we actually have a voice, and we do, because we're able to bring pressure to bear on the legislature, let's start bringing pressure to bear on private companies. And when the market is open, that's an easy thing to do because people just take their business elsewhere. And when a, a company sees their profits declining, they start making changes to bring the customers back. Exactly. And especially when you can identify what is causing customers to be angry with you. And, you know, this is where we go get into the whole open carry and, well, businesses can do what they want. And if we don't like it, we just won't go there. But we don't mobilize. We don't get people organized to go and say, hey, we're not going there. We're going to convince everyone else not to go there, and we're going to make a big enough stink that nobody wants to go there. I think that every time we see a business that has that no weapons allowed on their door, we should mobilize the members of GCO, just like we mobilize the members of GCO on the legislature to, to call our governor and call our senators and that kind of thing, to call that specific business and re- report that we do not appreciate them infringing on our right to carry. I think that we should mobilize the same way we mobilized to support the National Guard headquarters around here right after the Chattanooga shooting. Yeah, stand outside with a gun. Well, not necessarily I think that's stand- a good way to get arrested. I don't think it's a good way to get arrested. You can stand outside on the public sidewalk with a gun. As long as you have a permit, what are they going to do? Standing out there with signs. Which is, again, free speech. Right. As long as you're on the public sidewalk and not on their property, when you're on their property, then you're trespassing. Yeah, and then they can ask you to move back to the public sidewalk, and if you don't do so promptly, then you could get arrested for criminal trespass. But Sir, we don't allow gun carry at the Booth Museum of Western Art. Oh. You want to you wanna go in there? Do you really want to go there? It's like, no, I'm on the public sidewalk. We're good. But I appreciate it. Love what you do. A little peon. <laughs> he's like, well, hey, the director came out and talked to me. The director was, was cool. He was awesome. He pulled out his Cimarron uh, single action army and let me and my campaign manager look at it. And I was showing him my Cimarron 1911, and we were having a good old time. He's obviously a gun guy. He was more than a gun guy. He was he was awesome. That was just that was like thrilling to be able to meet him and shake his hand and see his handgun. And he has several guns on display in the museum, he was telling me. It's, that's just awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. We're going to have to get in there. Well, we are on a commercial break. so We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Now, folks, we've been talking about <coughs> important issues here in Georgia, but I think we'd be bereft in our duties, you know, much like President Obama, if we just glossed over the Brussels attack this last week, right, Jesse? Because unlike our president during the Brussels attacks, Doug and I were not doing the tango. We were actually sitting and watching it. Yes. So yes. I as watching this, I realized that we're so lucky in Georgia because we can carry a handgun into our airport. Yeah. And so these people are sitting in the airport waiting on a plane and and 
it wasn't even behind the the security. It was where you check in where the bomb blasted, I believe, um, at, a, at the American Airlines desk. Well, there was a lot of discussion about, well, what do you do? You know, you set up security screening and they attack the security screening checkpoint. If you move that back, then they attack the entrance to the facility. If you move that back, then they attack the gate where people are coming through. I mean, it, there, it's true. It's always going. There's always going to be a choke point when you're dealing with people like that the best choke point is around the neck of a terrorist to have people armed to be able to fire back i was watching a video on facebook you know i I love my facebook and it was these two um gunmen go into this restaurant and they did not expect what they received but they start ordering people around and then the grandpa comes out and grandpa shot at him. He fired three shots at him and they scurried to get out the door. Mm-hmm. He did not hit them with a single shot, <laughs> but he was armed and they were not expecting that. And they said, Oh crap, grandpa's got a gun, but this is what needs to happen in today's society to keep bad things from happening to good people. Exactly. And that's something that we need to be cognizant of is that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And we've got to be the good guy with a gun. So we live in society and we, we go to work every day. And Georgia has special laws that protect you and allow you to leave your gun in your car and your place of business without being um targeted well targeted yes or arrested for having it even if your company has a no guns policy doesn't protect you from getting fired over your gun being in your car but it does protect you from being arrested for the gun being in the car on the property and i think that that's a great thing even though it's kind of dangerous to leave your gun in your car. I hate that. I mean, you know that the former, we're talking about presidents and former presidents of GCO, our former president, Ed Stone, went to a gun show, was required to leave his gun in the car. Then someone popped the lock through the door of his truck and stole the gun out of the lock glove box by popping the glove box, too. Now, who agrees with me? I'm, you're going to agree with me, I'm sure. I always agree with you. That the best place to steal guns is at the gun, is show. At the gun show that doesn't allow guns in. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. Now, um, the gun show in Cartersville, they'll allow you to bring your gun in, but it has to be empty and peace tied. Yep. Uh, They don't want it to have any ammunition in its um, magazine or anything like that. Yes. So at least it's not going to get stolen in the car, but it's not going to be much use to you if somebody starts firing off in there and, and trying to kill people. Yeah, exactly. It's to prevent theft more than anything else. And also to allow people to sell guns still at the gun show. Right. And, and that's one of the main reasons you go to a gun show is to see the private sales be around there rather than just the dealers you can go to any day of the week. Um, but, yes, there's there's an awful lot that we do in Georgia that are is verboten in other parts of the world. And I think that that's why Georgia is a much safer place than these other countries we're seeing attacked. These are countries that have very strict firearms regulation. Uh, very, you, you know, you don't hear about it happening in Switzer- Switzerland. Doesn't Switzerland give you a gun when you move there? No. What country was that? I don't know, but it's not Switzerland. I can tell you. It may have been the Netherlands. The Swiss are kind of strange, okay? 
they every single person in Switzerland has a machine gun. Problem is, is they don't have access to it. They keep the gun in the armory in the town square, and you can go and check it out and use it, but you have to bring it back by nightfall. You can use the state-purchased ammunition for it to be proficient with it, but it stays at the armory. Okay. The Swiss are not really worried about their citizens defending themselves from their government. The Swiss are worried about their citizens defending themselves against the Germans. Well, yeah, and... and for good reason. I mean, the Germans have been aggressive in the past. Yeah, and Swiss has stayed notoriously neutral because if you go into those mountains, you're going to get shot. If you're not offered a cough drop first. Ricola. Yeah, <laughs> but those mountains are kind of dangerous anyway. The Swiss Alps. Yeah. I mean, I mean, would, it's it a natural fortress. A, a easy place to survive without planning ahead of time and it doesn't have much tactical value i mean they're 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 not the it's not the linchpin that you're gonna need to in order to be able to capture other countries not like going through the the benelux nations to be able to get to paris to get around the maginot line so um i know that there was something that i wanted to discuss this week and i don't know if we still have time for it oh yeah there is a new gun out (gasps) that has thrilled me and i want one what is it i can't pronounce it I'm, I'm so glad that <laughs> buy your husband a gun month is almost over. Let, yeah, well, you're let me not, see you're it. Not there yet. Take a look at that. It is a John's <laughs> JTL. Yes, <laughs> it, it's a Precision Stashdick JTL eight or JTLS. And what this thing is, if you look at it in the picture, it's a Dan Wesson. It's in pieces in the picture. It's a Dan Wesson. It is the Dan Wesson revolver system reimagined and revitalized. Now, I don't know if everyone here is familiar with Dan Wesson revolvers, but they came out in the late 70s, and they were the first revolver that had a user interchangeable barrel system. And it came with a wrench, and you could unscrew the nut at the end of the barrel, and then you could screw in a different barrel length and be able to change the length of your barrel. So if you wanted a 2-inch for concealment, and then you want to switch out for a 14-inch for steel silhouette shooting, at you know 350 yards no problem you just unscrew the barrel and screw a new one in the genius of the system is that the barrel screwed into the frame and then it had a sleeve that went over the outside of it to make it look like every other revolver that people were used to and then it had a nut on the end that screwed against the sleeve now when you have and jesse i know you're mechanically inclined if you screw one end into the frame and then you screw a nut on the other end against the sleeve what happens to that barrel between the two nuts it gets tension on it. Bingo. And by adjusting the tension, you adjust barrel harmonics and make it extremely accurate. This is the same system that Smith & Wesson uses on their X-frame in order to be able to tension the barrel and make it more secure. The only thing is Smith & Wesson doesn't provide a user interchangeable nut on the end. You have to send it back to the factory for any alterations. But Dan Wesson did. Now, Dan Wesson's original plan was not to simply have interchangeable barrels, but to have interchangeable cylinders. And you know what the advantage of having an interchangeable cylinder would be? Multiple calibers. So this system, this new one, actually incorporates the original interchangeable cylinder idea. So that one revolver, Jess, can shoot 22 LR up to 454 Casual. Really? Really. You just switch out the barrel, switch out the cylinder, and you got a completely different gun. 
That's insane. It's it's awesome, and it is it is brilliant, and it's been so the the barrels all have their own um, rifling in them. That's a little different, right? A different gauge, different hole size, and so you can shoot twenty two or no, no, no. I'm saying the rifling in each one would be a little bit different, right? Yeah. So somebody accidentally kills somebody with the gun, and they just kind of like. Make the barrel disappear? Yeah, well, uh, you can do that you with any semi-auto. You drop it into the Flint River. I, I think the price <laughs> of this thing is going to keep you from dropping it anywhere. If you can afford this, you probably uh, could afford a hitman with his own gun. How much <laughs> is it? Um, it won't list the price, and they don't have an availability timeline yet. It was just introduced. Yikes. So um, it's, it's a... Given that it's German, that it is hand-fitted, and it comes with... Four barrels and three different cylinders. I would guess we're looking at somewhere in the range of a Korth revolver, which would be in the six to ten thousand dollar range for the package. So you could buy a nice used car for what you're going to spend. You could buy a nice used Corvette for that. But yeah, I mean, my goodness, look at look at the bluing on it. I mean, it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So I think that that this has been a year that has just had a dearth of guns that are worth looking at. Um, but I'm starting to see some real high-end, neat revolvers come out. Korth has released a new um, Super Sport. Uh, I'm not real sure why you want to pick a tinny rail on the sides of your revolver barrel, but Korth figured out a reason for it. And you know, since they charge ten grand a pop, and it is Korth is also the only revolver, to my knowledge, that has a manual thumb safety. Really? Really. It's odd, but it's, it's you know, the Germans, they can design a pair of scissors that have 13 moving parts, right? Okay. Yeah, this, this, that's Korth. I mean, hand-fitted, high-end, amazing. And not to be undone, Korth has also come out with a conversion cylinder gun. Yes, they have. It looks like that's going to be the, the hot, new market. Hot topic. Yeah. Um, Kimber has a revolver that just came out, and it's like, well, you know, if you can't do 1911 right, then why not? Um, uh, Kimber has an okay 1911. It's just kind of overpriced for what you get. It is it is custom priced at production quality. But it's not a bad gun. It's just overpriced for what you're getting. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm excited about is the, the ones that are going to be at the CMP. Oh, yeah, the, the classics. Yeah. Yeah. Saving my pennies for a grand, one of those. A grand for an original. I'm going to buy me my first 1911. That's right. My first 1911. Yeah, and have it actually be a World War II vintage. Uberti, you know Uberti, right? Yeah, that's yeah. one of your favorite. This is. They make the 1873 Cattleman, which is a copy of the 1873 Single Action Army. They have come out with a short stroke Cattleman for uh, Single Action Shooting Society competition. Mm -hmm. The short stroke means that it is much faster to cock and, and be able to fire. Folks, we're at a commercial break, so we'll be back. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. When we were taking the break, I was doing a little bit of recap on some of the new things that are happening in, in the firearms manufacturing world. Um, the last one I want to touch on is that Rossi, you all know Rossi, they make low-end revolvers, they make um, um, semi-automatic pistols and some cowboy action replica firearms. 
Rossi has come out with a new finish, which is remarkably like World War II era parkerization. So that'll be an option for you if you want a matte finish on a Rossi. So, Jesse, you know, we're into the last segment, and, and usually we take a little time to tell people how to join GeorgiaCarry.org. Well, before we do that, I'm going to take a second to talk about the convention. The annual convention is coming up, and it actually has a date now. Um, it's going to be in August on the 19th through 21st. So I'm sure people need to be looking out for the email. It says tickets are going to be going on sale soon because mm-hmm. they have a date picked. But um, how do you join? Well, you can go to any of our local chapter meetings, and there is a local chapter meeting in any part of the listening area for this radio show. Plus, most of the places that people are streaming online. So you can go online and check Facebook, find out where your local chapter is meeting, and you can join there. You can also join online at georgiacarry.org and click on membership. Go over there and pay your $20 a year or $500 for a lifetime mm-hmm. and become a lifetime member. A lifetime member has some perks. You get a hat that says you're a lifetime member and I think a pocket knife. Is that right? I believe so, but I'm not sure. I may be mistaken. That may have been something that they just gave Mark Gilbert to get him to be quiet. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Mark. Anyway, um, you can go to uh, local festivals as well. We have, have the big Shandy Festival coming up, and Georgia Carey is usually there with a booth, hopefully near the, the restrooms again. That was like prime real estate last year. But you can go there and sign up and and become a member. What does membership get you? Well, get you on the inside loop about all of the things that are happening in the Georgia legislature. Where to be, when to be there, and who to yell at. And who to call and the phone numbers to call. So they do all the legwork for you. All you've got to do is open your email, get that phone number out, and dial. There you go. It also gives you people that have something in common with you. Other people to talk to about your enthusiasm for the Second Amendment and firearms and and some friends that you wouldn't have met otherwise. I've met a lot of um, really nice people through Georgia Carey. And Georgia Carey does have a lot of people who have divergent backgrounds, divergent positions, but are able to come together behind the idea of of promoting freedom and equality in firearms ownership that we believe in individual accountability and responsibility and that these are the kind of the ties that bind us so that we are able to find common ground. I mean, if you look at... I don't think there are two more divergent people out there than perhaps Big Mita and Ed Stone, but yet they're both involved in the same organization. And there's ends of the spectrum all the way around. I mean, and, and you can find the, somebody that's exactly my polar opposite. The ends of the autism spectrum. Again, talking about Mark Gilbert. That but. wasn't very nice. <laughs> Mark Gilbert is not autistic. He's Jewish. Okay. Remember the day we went yes. out for lunch? Oh, yeah. And when he ordered the, the, the triple bacon cheeseburger. And I said, aren't you... A, a Jew? Jew? And he says, well, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and I laughed and he laughed. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm really excited about some of the things that are happening in Georgia. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to push your um, criminal case through and get some 
campus carry going on there as well. Yeah, we got a call to cab because I don't think they're sending me notices again. Well, you know how they do. Yeah, it's very frustrating. But they had last time we had an arraignment. We go down there and find out that, yes, yeah, schedule for arraignment. But no, we haven't even accused it yet. And we're not going to because we don't know when we're going to get around to it. Really? So they're afraid you'll file a speedy on it. Yeah, that's coming. So if you're listening to this show online. Save your bandwidth. You do not have to. You can call your local radio station. Tell them you listen to georgiacarry.org radio hour. And we will contact them for you after you send us their information. There you go. Nothing I mean, wrong with a little bit of syndication. And, and we would love to be on your local radio station. And this is something that, you know, we, we're able to lobby the legislature. We're able to lobby the governor. Let's lobby some stations and get us on more places. It would be... A better way for us to reach out to the to the listening public. Maybe we can be heard by somebody who's on the fence of whether they're pro or anti-gun and, and help them change their mind. And, you know, we need to get more outreach. We need to start to get outside of our circle of friends or, or just our families and start to get to a larger portion of the general population because Moms Demand Action and the Bloomberg Bunch are not simply talking to the people that they know best. And they're not going away. They're going to grow. They're going to recruit. And they're going to become a a cancer on the face of Georgia. And we need to have the the manpower to fight back against that. And the only way we can do that is by networking. Absolutely. So you get out and you talk to people. You run into somebody. You see them carrying. You ask them if they know about GeorgiaCarry.org. I have talked to People probably once a week about georgiacarry.org. I see somebody carrying and ask them if they know. And the sad part is a lot of the time they say no. They have no idea that we even exist. Well, I think that's one of the purposes of the bill is, is that they, the probate courts can give out information, not mm-hmm. that they must, but that they can, is to allow some probate courts that feel that they can't give out legal advice to direct people to Georgia Carey's website. Now, some probate courts are doing that anyway, but some feel afraid that they're going to have repercussions, especially when you know there's as well-funded groups out there as Bloomberg's buddies and what they're going to do to try to drive all information underground. When I applied for my Georgia weapons carry license, they gave me um, some paperwork in the county where I live where it it was, um, I guess, legis.gov or whatever uh-huh. that tells you what your gun laws are. And georgiacarry.org was one of the websites that they were willing to send me to to find out about my local gun laws. And you had never heard of georgiacarry.org at that point, had you? I was already a member of georgiacarry.org. <laughs> you were already their host. I was like, yay. No, I wasn't. You weren't? No, uh-uh. I wasn't hosting. Uh, I was doing that other radio show then. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. folks, uh, you know, it's it's an important thing to do. It's important to be a member. It's important to get involved. And I would hope that this week that you'd find some way to get involved, even if it is just maybe open carrying one day or going up and talking to somebody and handing out a card or visiting a gun show and seeing the people at a booth and getting a couple of extra buttons to hand or out. Or being at the gun range and saying, hey, do you guys know about georgiacarry.org? I mean, you go to the range, there's other people there. They'll talk to you. Particularly at the WMAs. You'll see a lot of people at the WMAs who have no idea about anything. 
they're there because they looked up where can I shoot for free in Georgia, and then they go there and they're still trying to figure out you know how their gun works. And Tell me, you go to the range with a Smith and Wesson five hundred. You go anywhere, and, with and a you get a crowd around you. And it, it creates prime territory for recruiting. You go anywhere <laughs> with a Smith & Wesson 500 and you get a crowd around you, usually with blue lights. But anyway. <laughs> felony stop, huh? Yeah, I've been there. Well, I have really enjoyed our little discussion this morning. And I, I appreciate you carrying the weight this week, Jess, because I just didn't feel up to it. <laughs> Poor Doug's got a little bit of that allergy fever going on. I don't know what I got going on, but it sucks. Whatever it is, it just royally sucks. Well, we'll be back next week, same time, same station, and hopefully with a new and improved Doug King. You've been listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.